With Radio On The Go News, Brian Fiancher reporting. It's the season for stuffy noses, coughs, and sneezes, but common colds may not seem so common with the flu. COVID-19 and RSV still rampant, and Iowans are reminded to take care with the meds they swallow. Dr. Wendy Mobley-Buckstein, who's a pharmacy professor at Drake University, says if you're taking over-the-counter cold or flu drugs, take heed if you're also popping acetaminophen. If you're taking both of those things, then you're increasing your risk of liver damage, which is kind of the the penultimate, right, of things that can happen. So the biggest thing that we want to really avoid at this point in time is making sure that people are not exceeding that 4,000 milligram daily dose of acetaminophen. Mobley Buckstein is a spokeswoman for the Acetaminophen Awareness Coalition. More than 600 pain relievers and multi-symptom cold and flu medicines contain acetaminophen. She says it's safe and effective when used as directed, but there's a limit to how much you can take in one day, so reading labels is important. It's a very safe drug. The biggest thing is is just making sure, you know, with the flu, with COVID kind of still running around, people are really reaching for things and just really making sure that when they reach for acetaminophen that they're also looking to make sure that they're not overdoing it. Some studies show children get 7 to 10 colds per year and meds that bring relief for a parent may not be appropriate for a third grader. Uh, Mobley Buckstein says it's safe. It's a safe move to take only one medicine at a time that contains acetaminophen. When you buy an over-the-counter product, on the back of the package now, it's going to say active ingredient, and then looking to see what is the active ingredient, it's going to tell you how many milligrams are contained in there. Also, you know, knowing what dose you should take, infants versus kiddos versus adults, Research shows the odds of taking more than the FDA-recommended maximum dose of acetaminophen in one day increases 24% during cold and flu season. The coalition's website is knowyourdose.org. It's a clearinghouse of information designed to educate consumers about the safe use of acetaminophen. While poinsettias have an undeserved reputation for being poisonous, as you'd have to eat a few hundred leaves to get sick, An expert says two other traditional holiday plants are toxic. Registered nurse Tammy Noble at the Iowa Poison Control Center says mistletoe can be dangerous if consumed by people or pets, and also the red berries and holly should never be eaten. The berries can cause some gastrointestinal symptoms, so things like nausea, vomiting, upset stomach type of distress, maybe abdominal cramping, diarrhea also with it. Noble says the symptoms can show up quite rapidly, may last for 24 hours or more. If somebody does happen to swallow a holly berry, we do recommend that they call the poison center so that we can evaluate how many berries were swallowed and give you recommendations on what to do. The big thing is we don't want them to be so sick with vomiting and diarrhea that they could get dehydrated from that. On the subject of berries, mistletoes, white berries can also be toxic, and while sprigs of the plant are often placed above doorways to promote kissing, Noble says the entire plant should be avoided. The flower and the leaves of the mistletoe tend to be more toxic than the berry, but we tend to get more calls about the berry than we do the flower or the leaves. And with this one also, it can cause the gastrointestinal, the GI upset. If you have questions or concerns, call the Sioux City-based Iowa Poison Control Center anytime at number 1-800-222-1222. Again, 800-222-1222.
1-2-2-2. Yesterday, the Franklin County Board of Supervisors terminated the snow removal contract with Iowa Fence Incorporated. Both the facilities director and the county auditor tried different ways to reach out to Iowa Fence this year, and the business has not been answering phone calls or emails. The company also did not show up after the December 15th snow for removal. The Franklin supervisors terminated the contract based on gross negligence and not fulfilling their contract for snow removal. The Iowa District Office of the U.S. Small Business Administration is wrapping up its fiscal year with COVID-19 still casting a long shadow. Jane Armstrong, who's district director of the SBA in Iowa, says the current year is closing out a ways behind the previous year, which saw unprecedented borrower and lender incentives to aid in the pandemic recovery. Many of those incentives have long since expired, making fiscal 22 more lackluster. SBA in Iowa, we did 466 loans last year for over $243 million. We were down a little bit from the year before, just by 10 loans. Armstrong says Iowa's hospitality industry in particular is continuing to face challenges with workforce shortages and supply chain troubles. Businesses are still struggling. We're not through everything yet, but I think we're on track with the number of loans that we're seeing and the access to capital, and we're also hitting a lot of new markets. Of the year's 466 loans made in Iowa, she says 252 of them, more than half, were to new business startups or to finance the changes in ownership. Armstrong was upbeat about SBA successes in Iowa during the fiscal year, noting sizable increases in the percentage of loans being made to both minorities and veterans. We remain committed as ever before to helping our small businesses get through the recovery period and getting them back on track. It's, it's a process. It's not happening overnight. That is the SBA director in Iowa, the district director in Iowa, Jane Armstrong. The Iowa Tourism Office today announced $299,200 in Iowa tourism grants to 33 organizations around the state. The program funds tourism-related marketing initiatives, meetings, and events that benefit both local economies and the state's economy with awards ranging from $2,500 to $10,000 with a 25% cash match. The Clear Lake Area Chamber of Commerce will receive $10,000 for a targeted digital campaign concerning the day the music died. Last week, the Iowa Valley Community College District Board of Directors approved a professional agreement with Gallagher Benefits Services to administer a compensation study for non-faculty full-time benefit-eligible positions. The IVCCD Board approved an early retirement package for Barb Jennings, who serves as the board's secretary and assistant to the president, and the board re-elected Larry Johnson as president and Paul Polson as vice president. The Iowa Valley Community College District includes Marshalltown Community College and Ellsworth Community College in Iowa Falls. And today on the Radio On The Go Newsmaker program, we will feature winter storm safety tips from Iowa State Patrol Trooper Paul Gardner, as many plan on traveling for Christmas and the new year. The Radio On The Go Newsmaker program airs weekdays during the noon hour, on KLMJ following the news, weather, and obituaries with archive programs available under the News tab at RadioOnTheGo.com. For Radio On The Go News, Brian Fincher reporting.